The VC Show is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it, but you must be 21 or older. The VC Show, let's go. All right, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the VC Show on Omaha Audio. I'm Roz Gold on What I Am with the legend himself, Vince Carter. VC, what's good? Yes, How are sir. You? Oh, man, I'm good. I'm good, man. It's always good, like I said, when we have a guest, and especially when they're like people I know, especially when they're <laughs> former teammates, especially when they're legendary. That's that's that makes everything like much better. So you know how that goes. Yep, yep, yep. That's a, a nice little intro, but I'm gonna continue to lay down the flowers. It's 11 year NBA veteran as, and also a, a New York City legend, a park legend, a street ball legend, um, and one of the stars of the N1 mixtape tour. Skip to my Lou Ray for Austin. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, I know that. You're with us on behalf of Showtime's upcoming documentary, New York City Point Gods, right. your executive producers, Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman. Um, it starts streaming July 29th on Showtime, so make sure for all of you watching that you tap in for that. How special was it for you to, to have your story told alongside other New York City le legends like Kenny DeJet Smith, Dwayne Pearl Washington, Mark Jackson, Stefan Marbury? What was that like? It was great uh, to, for them to um, add me into the whole landscape of, of the New York City point guard uh, era, community, Stop. you name it. The, 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 everything that it comes with being a New York City point guard, man, for them to put me in it as well. And the reason I said because, you know, these guys, a lot of the guys before me, the Kenny Smith, Mark Jackson, Kenny Anderson, uh, Rod Strickland, Pearl White. These, guys, these are guys we looked up to. These are guys who we idolized our games at. So, you know, and they were all pretty much in the same era. And then you come down to our era, God Sham God, Kareem Reed, Stephon Marbury, myself. We were all around the same age. We were coming up the way those guys were coming up. And, uh, and another reason why I, I say it's, it's a thrill and a joy for them to put me in is that those guys had a storybook high school career in which I didn't. But yet those guys, I played against those guys. I played with some of them in AAU ball and summer league ball. Um, they understood the magnitude of what I can do in, with that ball and what I could do against those guys. And, and you know, so for them to really uh, notice that and, and, and want to put that on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the big stage and the big stream, it was phenomenal. So I'm going to ask it, you know, we talked about it off, off camera, but I'm going to ask it again. So we talk about everything that you've done that you can do with that ball. Do you still play ball? Are you still hooping? No, I don't hoop. I don't hoop. The good thing is I stay in the gym. Uh, the, the good, the good I, thing, I get the urge. I don't, every, every day I go outside, uh, um, every time I'm coaching the kids, I'm teaching my son um, how to play the game. Um, I get the urge, but I quickly stop myself. You know, I may show the kids a drill in practice, my son a drill when I'm working with him. And I, if he didn't get it the first time, then he has to catch me in the, tomorrow the next day because I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> but why? Why is that? You know, Tell like, him why. Like, Tell you know, why. At the age I'm at now, uh, I'm scared of that injury. I don't really want to deal with that type of injury. I've been fortunate, you know, in our playing career that I didn't have too many injuries that were lasting, you know, that were going to last, you know, with me through, through, you know, through lifetime. So 
at the age now to have to sustain that type of injury, you know for sure that injury is going to be with us for a long time, if not the rest of our life. <laughs> it's the recovery, man. It's the recovery. And I feel you like when like I just told you I had my basketball camp uh, a couple of weeks ago and kids are like, Vince, can you dunk it? I'm like, yeah. They're like, dunk it. I'm like, nah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not even for the kids? Not even for the kids? No. Guys, I got to warm up first. I just, hey, safety first, man. Like, it's, it's right. a, like he's, he's telling the truth right Absolutely. now. Like, it's just, it's preparation. Now, I mean, I could do it. Like, I, I, and, I but, you know, and I for a, him, I did a dunk or two. But, and for him, it's know. the kind of dunk they want to see. Right. If yeah. it's up to Vince, Vince is going to go to regular dunks, he's going to throw it in, and I'm, that's it. But I know the kind of dunk they want to see. It's like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. Regular dunk is not, they like, okay, cool. Like, we can see that now right. from do, you know, whatever. Like, okay. we want to see the stuff that you were doing. Like, that's what they had. You could still do the reverse 360 windmill. I was like, nah. All right, dunking is nah. one thing, though. But, Rayford, do you still got good handles? Oh, like, that, can you ball handling, ball handling is something that would never leave me. I've been doing that since <laughs> since they put a ball in my hand at five years old. That would never leave me. Like, I could go, I, I may not dribble the ball for two, three weeks at a time, but as soon as I get the ball, I get to handle that ball. <laughs> do you do you consider yourself an artist and what is it like working at your craft of coming up with those special moves well the, the, the moves is all um thought of they, they come up when i'm thinking about a defender or defender so it's like if i i'm thinking about getting past a defender and i'm thinking about if there another defender steps up real quick where i'm gonna put this basketball and that's how that's how ball hand for me because you know basketball is is very uh it's, it's a reaction you know, you can go in there. You know, I'm not I'm not used to training with cones as today's kids are. Um, I was used to I was taught training with someone in front of me moving. So I try to teach my son about training. You know, when you get past a cone, there's gonna uh, if the cone slide or the defender slides with you, or, or you get past another guy steps up. So my the moves I think about and work on is all reaction to what's about or what is going to happen uh, next. So I'm going to piggyback that because I'm from New York. I'm from Queens. I was highly influenced by N1 Mixtape. I played the Rod Strickland tournament. I played, uh, I, I, we played in uh, EBC. We pl we went and watched Dykeman and Kingdom and uh, in the back in Lefrak City. Um, so it was, it was a really like a point of pride being a hooper coming from New York. And I'm, I'm curious your perspective on what are the characteristics of a New York City point guard, and and how has that evolved over time since when you were playing to now? Um, it, it was it, New York City point guard was toughness. Uh, it was crafty creativity. Um, the thrill for the dramatic, right? Everything was driving to the basket because we play so much basketball outside that shooting was this was something that we weren't. Uh, um, good at to say the least because everything <laughs> everything was driving to the basket in new york city uh um but with the, just the 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 flair for the dramatic the 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 passion and and the 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 upfront in your face style like basketball is, is a new york city point guard uh, and and it was before me it was dumber me it was coming after me and um i had a chance to go back to new york recently and and it's still there it's still there. Uh, the playground game, all those tournaments you mentioned, they're, they're still there. Uh, I went by King Dome. The, the crowd is back out there. I went by Dykeman. The crowd is out there. I had a chance to coach in the um, my own team, the TBT. That's still going on now. Yeah. 
and the crowd is out. At the at the Rucker, right? Yep, the at excitement. The yes, yes, ma'am. The excitement is out there. Um, and then you have the other, like, you know, so one thing about people don't understand about New York City is that they hear about the Dykeman, they hear about Rucker Park. But we're known for so many tournaments. I mean, every day you have a game outside somewhere. And that was the, the beauty of growing up during those times is that you had to face one of those other good guards someday during the week, every week. Uh, yeah. And sometimes it might be in their backyard. Like you might have to go to Brooklyn and play Stephon Marbury. You might have to go to Harlem and play God Sham God. They might have to come to Queens and face me. So um, we had an opportunity to face each other on a consistent basis, which prepared us for what lied ahead if we played major college basketball, which all of us had the luxury to do. Um, Vince went to a school in North Carolina where they they would almost pride themselves on getting a New York City point guard ever since uh, the 80s, uh, 70s, 80s, all the way to when Vince played with Ed Coda, who I just had had the luxury to run into his son plays now, uh, but... Um, oh that's another guy that, you know, there's so many point guards. And then now that I just think of his name, that's another guy that should be on that list because his journey was kind of similar to mine. It's like we didn't have the storybook high school career, but yet we were able to salvage our basketball and, and, and take it to another level. Skip, how were you able to separate yourself from all of those other names, you know, you know, you know, I know Steph's, you know, well, Steph was, everybody's right there. Right? So how would you able to step, separate yourself from all the other New York City point guards and, and create your name and your your legend and legacy that you, you know, skip to my Lou that we all know now? Well, one thing I was um, huge on and growing up uh, when I was playing in the summer leagues in New York City was uh, I was a huge crowd pleaser. Um, I was huge on getting the people off their feet at some point in the game and understanding that a lot of these uh, events and leagues and stuff, uh, the fans are a huge part of it. And you and I had a chance mm-hmm. to play in the NBA, and we understand the fans mm-hmm. are a huge part. So that was one mm-hmm. one way. That was mm-hmm. always showing them something, giving them something to get off their feet. But the, the, the good thing was I was always a student of the game. And... So because I didn't have that Sturbrook High School career, everyone knew and heard of me only through street ball. They always skipped to my lose the playground, the Rucker legend, the street ball legend. But a lot of people, only those guys you mentioned, the Stephon Marbury's, the God Sham Gods, Kareem Reeves, uh, even Rod Strickland, Mark Jackson, when they came to see me, they knew that I was the furthest thing from that, that I can really play whatever style of game they wanted me to play. So when I was coming up in the ranks, when I went to junior college, went to college, and I got in the NBA, I could play whatever style they wanted to play. If you wanted to play a grind-out half-court game, I can give you that. If you wanted to get up and down, well, I was always in shape, and I could I could run, and, and I, can, I can lead the break, um, and I could see the floor. So I think at a certain point when I got to in my NBA career, which when I became a full-time starter pretty much the rest of my career, I think a lot of coaches understood that that. This guy could play whatever, whatever style he could play. And not only he could play it, I trust him with the ball. Uh, another thing that amazed people was with all the ball handling, with all the passing, I wasn't a high turnover guy. And that's hard to be when you're doing doing all these moves and all that's these trickery, trickery passes. Is that I was always, I think that's my fact. career, I think the last time I looked, 
I was trying to show my son that I think I was three to one, almost four to one assist turnover. So I was trying to show him that I was I was always a high assist, low turnover guy. You just said you you were able to play any style, which tells me that you were able to figure out or understand what it takes to transition from street ball to the NBA style, which we know is totally different. How were you able and not others? No, no, that that was the thing. It wasn't, I didn't have to transition when I got to the league. So when I got to the NBA, it was more of putting on more strength and stretching the defense. So it goes back to when I was saying, we, we, we don't New York, we don't shoot the ball well. So when I got to the NBA, if, if you notice as my career evolved, I became more of a three-point threat. So after a while, leaving me behind a three-point line was not an option anymore. <laughs> so that was the one thing. The one thing, I was such a student of the game, is being able to run a team. I always understood time scoring situation. And I can get the guys the ball. So if my, if scorer, if Ray Adams come off the pick, I had no problem getting those guys the ball. If you were coming across a cross screen and you was popping, I can get that ball to you. If someone's, if Yao Ming was posting up or McGray's, I, I had no issue making sure they get that ball. And people understand that's huge in, in, in the game, is being able to get the scores the ball where they need the ball. Uh, the mentality is where the, I made the, the, the difference. Grown, playground players, street ball players, especially when they come from the inner city, it's about them. All right? All, it could be 3,000 fans. Those 3,000 fans came to see that one guy. They don't care if that guy loses. Right? Whereas when you play, when you, when, when, yeah, when you go and play on the, the highest, the higher levels, and you understand it's about the team. And you have to sacrifice a lot of your game and things that you're capable of doing for the betterment of the team. Um, and you and I have watched so many of our colleagues do that. And, and some get scrutinized for it because, mate, sometimes their games, you know, you, you hold your game back uh, because we got two Hall of Famers on the team. Um, I got so many I got so, t- so many times questions asked to me when I was playing on certain teams in the, in the NBA. It's like, man, Skip, why you don't do this? And I had to tell them, look, I'm, I'm playing with two Hall of future Hall of Famers. I have to get them the ball. And I have to play off of them. Uh, and, and I think people don't understand that mentality from a streetball guy and a guy that understands what it's going to take for him to make it and stay in that league. It's, it's, it's a hard adjustment because Huge. they're so used to everybody coming to see them and glorifying them. And it's, they're so used to it being about them that it's a wow. tough transition for them to understand that, you know, you have to, um, be about the team. You said it. Sacrifice. And, and it's a sacrifice. You're sacrificing your game. And, and I mean, that's well said. You really broke down nicely, like, what it takes to translate to the NBA from somebody who's really good at, you know, street ball. But let's look in the other direction. Because I think to your earlier points, like, regardless of what park or, you know, pro-am tournament you're playing in, and it can be as big as the Rucker or Dykeman, it could, it could, it could also be a huge, crazy crowd, epic, legendary game at Frederick Douglass or the Gaucho Gym on a rainout, like, uh, like any any court. There could be like legend made. What is it like for those NBA players who decide to insert themselves and come play? The pressure that they take on, and do you find that they all do well in these scenarios? Me personally, they all do well. Me personally, 
they have the biggest situation going on. So they come there with, like, it, the pressure is really more on them than it would be the guy that has the legendary status out there already. Because now all attention is shifted on them for better or worse, right? <laughs> the, right. I've seen NBA guys come to Ruck. I've seen NBA guys come to different tournaments in New York City and have 25 points. But because that other guy that everyone loves out there, they see every summer, scored 15 on that guy, they consider that guy got the best of the NBA player. You also have to understand, too, NBA player has to kind of take a, a step back because he can't get hurt out there. You see what I'm saying? So he can't go give them everything they desire. Because if he takes a chance of getting hurt, now he just messed up millions and millions and millions of dollars. So I had the mm-hmm. chance to explain that to a lot of my guys out there because I love my guys on the playground. I've come up with these guys. A lot of us knew known each other since we was five, five, six years old. But that's another thing that I'm trying to explain to them about the mentality as well. It's like, I understand. You are good. You're, 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 you're damn good. But let's understand who that guy is that's walking through the, that park, that, that gate. That's for, that's playing the NBA, right? Uh, uh, Vince Carter came out there. Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant came out there. Steve Francis came out there. Brian Davis. Let's understand who that guy really is and understand that he has something serious to get ready for in the next couple of months. So him playing hard defense and going extra hard on offense, that may or may not happen. For an entire game is what I'm saying. It may not happen for an entire game. Mm-hmm. It's no disrespect mm-hmm. to the guys that he's playing against. No disrespect to the fans of the park. It's that we are out here on asphalt. We are out here on cement. It's a tough. It's tough. It's tough. I, it, for me, when I went back as an NBA player and played, it's tough for me because I have the legendary status out there. And here comes the next young up-and-coming, next skip to my mm-hmm. loop. So now I have to think about, oh, wow. I'm rooting for the, the youngster, but I, I'm not rooting for you tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Tonight's not going to be your night. Uh, not against me, but you, know, you, you, you are the next one. You know, cause in, uh, I want to say in 1988, I had a chance to go out there in Rucker Park and watch a game. And the, the young guy that was tearing the older guys up, that was a skit to my Lord's time, was Malloy Nesmith, the future. And everyone would come out. Everyone hanging on the grate, hanging in the trees, and watching the future. And I want to say three to four years later, I was that guy that everyone's hanging off the building, hanging off the bridge and hanging out the bridge. And so, and then after I was gone, then here comes the next and the next. But, you know, like I said, you know, we all have that pride in us. And, and, and you know, I always said to myself, when that, youngst- that youngster come up behind me, just not on, not the night I'm playing, please. <laughs> you you said- it's giving me Good. goosebumps right now. Right, like, like right. I, I can, for real, man. I can see the imagery of God, everything man. you're describing. Like, it's that so was a life I lived. You inspired so many hoopers coming up. Like, um, not exactly the same, but... LeBron went and played at the Drew. Not a park, but still a pro-am. What was the significance to you of LeBron coming out and doing well and also showing up in this type of community tournament? Here's the thing. And it's the thing, like, when I said, when, when, like I said, when Vince, Kobe, those guys came out to Ruck and things like that. um, You know what's the greatest thing for, first off? 
all the people who don't get a chance to see these these individuals that go that they don't have the luxury to go buy a ticket and go to the arena, right? So just think about that community where the Drew League's at, and you get to see LeBron. You know how many of those people don't get an L.A. Laker ticket and get a chance to go in that that. I can't call it Stable City anymore. I forget these crazy names now. But anyway, Staples, like, I got you. They don't get a chance to go in there, right? So that's the that's who it's amazing for. And that's why you tip your hat to these men when they take time out their day or their summer. Because remember, when these guys are doing it, they could be anywhere else in the world with their family on vacation. He take the time out and do that. Now, it's a phenomenal thing to go out there and play and give the get and not only that and go in there understand what's at stake that the other guy that's lined up against him they're talking trash his his fans they want to see him get the best of lebron you already got half the laker people right now disappointed in what just transpired this past season so for him to go out there and put himself on the front line like that let you know what type of man he is the one thing i said to somebody yesterday about it is it's not. It's been done before, right? NBA guys going to these leagues, have, it's been done. No one's going to reinvent the wheel, right? Connie Hawkins, World Be Free, Dr. J came to the Rucker Park. Dr. J. Julius, yes, uh, uh, Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant, Baron Davis, Steve, they came to Rucker Park. So, right? so right now, the Drew League has that notoriety right now as that's the Rucker right now of summer ball, the Drew League. You know, and I say, no, nothing's going to be, nothing's going to, you can't reinvent it. Just, just the only thing that's different is the human being that's involved in it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I explain that to people, right? So right now, the Drew, in about five or six years from now, it might be a league in Florida, Houston that, yo, that, that's the crazy program. And here they come. <laughs> They're going to follow. You're right. And I, I think, every, I, I think every young superstar, you know, who kid who's never had that experience, you must experience it one time. But just understand when you step on that court or that asphalt, you're gonna have to. I mean, it ain't just oh, let me just work on something like that. It's it's some prideful people who who are like you said, getting that opportunity to, to play against LeBron, to play against DeRozan. You saw the dude who was in in in, in Debo's face, like you know, and he go right at him, and he went to play off basketball. He attacked the rim, tried to dunk it. So I mean, it, it's 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 all about, it's it's. I mean, like you say, like Roz, I'm, I'm getting chills just thinking about it and getting an opportunity to play. Because I, you know, Tim Thomas, who, who was one of my guys, who who's the one who talked me into doing it a, a long time ago, and I played in a couple of different leagues like that, and it's nothing like it. And I, I encourage guys to go out there, young stars, to do it. Not to mention, a lot of our colleagues that are in the NBA, you got to think about where they come from. They don't have these type of leagues where they come from. Right? I didn't have it so like you that. Go, so like, you, was, go Daytona, you go up in Daytona Beach, Florida. You don't have a Rucker League. So, but, but you hear about it so much. So now you get the opportunity to go in there. So now you go in there, you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing, I'm doing the people a good – I'm doing a, a, a golly thing by showing up and getting on this court. But once you go in that court, you realize, uh-oh. Oh, this is a serious business because that them people, them people that's them people want to see something. That guy you about to play against, he's gonna be right here the whole night. He's not giving you an inch. And you gotta remember too, this is their chance. You're from New York. You grew up. You came up with this. But Vince, you know, I just heard you say that wasn't what your childhood was like playing basketball. But I know as a pro, you came and jumped in on these tournaments. What was it like for you 
to play. And where did you play? It was the Rucker, right? I played everywhere. Yeah. Rucker, yeah, but we it, it rained out. But I'm saying I, I did. I mean, I played on a few of them. But I, I mean, Rucker was the one. And I we ended up at a Gaucho, Gaucho gym. Uh, gym because uh, of the rain out. Yeah, because it was a rain out. But, you know, it, and it was like it was an opportunity for me. And like you say, you step in there. I mean, you could just feel the energy. It, I mean, it had the energy of a like a playoff. Yeah, game absolutely. Of the excitement. And, 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 you know, it didn't matter. You get switched off a dude. If you come out there like, ah, OK, cool. And, uh, you know, what was a whole lot of game? Yeah. That's why I play. Yeah. I mean, they're they trying to make their mark. And I was like, OK, um, all right. We got to turn this up a little right. bit. All right. And then go, go, go. And, and I wanted to ask you, Skip, do you feel like today's game with social media like it is now? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, we had video and obviously our games and like when I play, you know, there's video of it. But it's just a different. Do you think a lot of these guys are hesitant to go out there and play in this game because of the showing that they might not have and the backlash from it? Because for me, it was more of an honor. I didn't care about the backlash because I was confident in who I was. Right. I was like, bro, I, I play against the best guys in the world. Now, and, and some of the best guys in the world, let me say, are, are not all in the NBA, but at the same time, I was not afraid to go out there, not to fail. I didn't think I'd fail, but I knew I had to, to go and, and do my thing because they wanted to see what I could do, you know, and I wasn't was afraid it, of that. Was it easy? Would you uh, honestly say it was was it easier for you to play it, against them than the pros? I, I, I don't know about easier. I, I think the, the it was more pressure in the beginning kind of to go go out there and do it. And once I got going, it's like, bro, this is it's still basketball. You still <laughs> you. And, you know, and when I got in the mode, like, OK, all right, hold up. Bring this thing to the block because that's back when I posted up. Like, Look, let's go and then start doing my thing. And, and you know, and it was just it was just basketball, and it's it's good competition. I love playing basketball. Rock, I play, I play. You know, I play my AAU ball, Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, Patterson, okay, New right. Jersey. <laughs> I played for PC. Me and Tim Thomas and Cole ended up playing. So yeah. I, I didn't play like the guys. Like I, that's what basketball because I that's Charlton Clark. You know, guys like that I met at Five Star. These guys loved playing basketball, and I love the energy. That's what New York basketball was about. Florida was a football state kind of when I started, so not a, the best players uh, in Florida didn't really play. Like you said, they were just out doing whatever they do. So I was looking for the best competition. I lived with Tim Thomas majority of the summer where I almost moved to Patterson, New Jersey to go there because of the competition. Like, I loved it that much, you know, and I played against everybody and got a chance to to just be a part of that culture, and it was nothing like it. Nothing like it. And I think that's what helps uh, us in New York City. What people don't understand is, like, what he's, what Vince said is that basketball for us on the East Coast, especially, in, you know, like I said, passing the journey is right over the bridge. It's just, it's not like you're far from New York City. Um, we play against those guys a lot. They come across, we go across there and play in their tournaments. Um, you know, I had the luxury to watch Tim. Yeah, you got, I'm a little older than you guys, a couple of years. Um, I had a chance to watch him come up and another phenomenal player, person, teammate. Um, but it's a way of life for us in the East Coast. Um, basketball, is, yeah. basketball is number one, number two, and number three in New York City. Whereas mm-hmm. I live in Texas now, football's king. He li- He's from Florida, football's king. Like, so they're grooming you in Florida and Texas time to be a football player first. Uh, mm-hmm. New York City. As soon as a kid is, uh, uh, as soon as a, a son is born, they might put a, a foot, a basketball in that that crib or that stroller, and they're gonna put a basketball. And that's how it was for us. Like basketball is everything to us in New York City. Uh, Roz could tell you that she grew up in a place where two of the most legendary point guards, Kenny Smith, Kenny Anson, 
grew up right there in Left Rack, Queens. So, um, uh, it, it, when, when these people see this Point God documentary, you're going to understand not only the game, you understand almost why it was so important to us growing up. We were excited. we were pushed to be basketball players from birth, right? And people don't understand, we put all our eggs into this basket. I could tell everybody myself, like, I go speak at university sometimes. I speak with kids. Um, and at the end, they ask me, what would you what would you have done if you didn't play basketball? And I tell them, for me, it's an unfair question because I would I can't tell you what I what I, what else I would be what else wow. I would do because I know I grew up in a time where you were pushed and bred and born to be a, a basketball player in New York City. Wow. I can't wait. I can't wait to see this because, like, you just named a, a larger list of people. I either played with them or played against them because I'm 45. Like, we were we around the same age. And, you know, I, Mark Jackson was my teammate. Rod Strickland was my teammate. Me mm. and uh, Steph played at McDonald's to get, uh, to, uh, with, uh, well, it, with each other and played against them at Georgia Tech. Uh, I mean, played against Kenny Anderson, like Kenny Smith, Carolina. Like, I just – all of these guys, just like like it's just that is. You had, a chance, you had a chance to be around yeah. pretty much everybody that's going to be in it. Everyone that's going to be in it, uh, and some New York City guy. I had a chance to speak. I, I ran to another New York City guy with the North Carolina, and I mentioned. I, I hope they don't edit it. I mentioned his name when I, I said it. I used to. I used to um, uh, take the train or bus to watch this guy play, and I thought he was a phenomenal point guard growing up, and that was Derek Phelps. I just thought he was phenomenal. Facts. Uh, yes, sir. I, I thought he was phenomenal. And at that time, when he was a point guard at Christ the King, he played with another guy that lived in my neighborhood, uh, Cliff Reeves. Uh, yeah. I, I said to people, you don't see a guy in New York City play this type of defense on a AAU high school yeah. level, the way Derek Phelps played. And then the way he was – Derek Phelps could run a team at, in junior high school in high school. Um, that's how good he was. Uh, again, another guy just couldn't shoot the ball. <laughs> You, know, you, you still watch some of his games right now in North Carolina, like man, he he wouldn't shoot the ball. So, but but as far as running your team and, and, and guarding that ball, um, he was phenomenal. All right, people, we're brought to you by Caesar's Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app ever, and honestly, the only one you need. It's not just about the big bonuses and boosts and promos that you get. It's the fact that every time you bet, whether you win or lose, you're earning towards the types of perks only Caesars can offer, free stays, concert tickets, bonuses, and more. That's because when you download the Caesars Sportsbook app, you become a Caesars Rewards member, and that means perks. Must be 21 or older to gamble. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-522-4700. Y'all watching right now, make sure you check out Showtime's New York City Point Guards. It's coming out July 29th. You're going to see Rafer Alston there, Skins Malou, all the different teammates that both of you guys have mentioned playing with. But I know that you two were teammates. You've overlapped yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. So I'd love to hear from both of you what it was like to be teammates with one another. Well, I'll go first because you mentioned. Let me go first, Skip. Before I, I'm gonna let you go because you mentioned something earlier, and, and you like one thing you knew is like you know how, how you transition from it, it's it's about you as far as playing uh, you know uh, this uh, you know the Rucker and street ball, and then coming to the NBA, understanding how to distribute the ball and be like you weren't lying. Like I, one thing I can say, like 
he knew how to play the game. He knew time to score. You, you know, and, and we talking about. I got the opportunity. I've been blessed to play with some of the the we considered the best point guards in the game. I played with Mark Jackson. I played with Steve Nash. I played with Jay Kidd. I, you know, and Skip is uh, Skip's ability to run a team, put guys in position, di- distribute the basketball to guys. Like I, I consider great point guards guys who can. Distribute the ball where you just catch the ball and put it in. It's no extra work needs to be done. And that made my gamer. That made me. I mean, it, people like, oh, man, this boy can score. Yes, I could score one-on-one, but I could also score off a of catch and shoot because every, the, the the work was already done. The ball is already there. Catch and shoot like that's You know, that's the one thing about Skip that, you know, and everybody, you know, I, and, and you know this, and, and it probably wasn't fair to you. Everybody wanted to see all them. You know, everybody wanted to see it. And I was with them. Everybody, skip. You know, skip up the court. Uh, skip up the court. Do your thing. Why, why, skip, why you do your thing? But he understood the difference. And it's like, and, and I kind of related it to me, like, working out before a game. And everybody was like, Vince, dunk it, dunk it. Because that's all they wanted to see. But he had so much more to offer than just his ability to dribble the ball. He was able to distribute and run a team. And what you played? 11 years. 12, how long you play? 11. That's what I'm saying. 11. And they don't you were able to play 11 years. Credit for the 12, but they, um, so my 12th year was supposed to be actually the first time I p- had a chance to play in Toronto's when I got called up for the 10 day. Uh, but because the, I didn't play a lot of games that season, they don't give me credit for a full year. So that really been my 12th okay. year. So 12 years. So, that's right. So, uh, but it was phenomenal. So the first time I got to Toronto, uh, that was on a 10-day contract. A lot of those guys were hurt. And I come in, and I'm playing. So here's the funny thing about New York City again. So I'm playing for a, for a phenomenal basketball player, phenomenal coach, a New York guy, Lenny Wilkins. So I get the 10-day. I'm going up there. As I'm on my way up there, my phone is going crazy. Like, you know you're about to play for. And, and, and that's what, that's, that's, you know, everybody in New York's like, that's our guy. So people don't know how much Lenny Wilkins, what he means to New York City. <laughs> so, and I know a lot of guys on the Raps don't know what Lenny Wilkins means, means the world to us. He's another iconic figure as far as point guard in New York City. And uh, I think VC and those guys were hurt. And I come up there and to see, that unfortunately, the Raptor season was going this way because of, all those guys were hurt. Um, and Lenny Wilkins just put the ball in my hand just right away. And did I think I would come up there and I have a stretch where I'm averaging 20 points? The answer is no. I, but I went on a tear. Um, <laughs> and it was just Rafermania and this, that, and the third. And I got interviewed by the media uh, in Toronto. And they asked me, what would I? What's gonna happen when those guys come back? When Vince and Antonio, Alvin, all these guys were hurt at the time, and I said, "This is the respect I have for these guys, and this is the respect I have for the game in the NBA." And I knew where I was. I said, "More than likely, I should be waived, or I go to the bench." Uh, the people looked at me, laughed. I said, "No." I said, "These are phenomenal guys. These guys in battle their way to conference semis, conference finals before." I think the conference semis, because I, uh, the previous year, two years ago, I was uh, um, on the bench in Milwaukee, and they lost to Philly, and we played them in uh, conference finals. So, I mean, they played grueling series with New York, grueling series. I mean, it was just year in, year out. So, you know, I knew. The exciting part was I, I'd probably get a chance to play with Vince, and I and I'm thought, like, you know, at least before I go I could throw some lobs and do some things with Vince uh this would be this would be amazing um 
God works mysterious ways. Two years later, I signed a six-year deal. I come back. Uh, we get off to a good preseason start. I mean, we had some preseason games where I'm hitting him on the break. He's just scooping up, dunking it. Yes. I'm just I like, just watched and these I'm videos. just like, I'm just like, wow. And I think we had a pre. I don't know. We had a game again in L.A. against the Clippers. And one time, I just came down with a with a left hand rifle and just threw it to him. He just whipped it, and I said, I said, man, it's unbelievable. So you know, I had a chance to live out. Uh, a dream of fantasy in my head that yeah, I mean, I'm gonna throw some laws to Vince Carter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw some passes. <laughs> um, and like I said, and, and and you know, obviously Vince got traded that year. Um, uh, and um, as a guy who's been in the league all that time, and this is my seventh year in the league, I've been on some teams and I've been been around some players. It didn't hurt. It didn't bother because I understood the reasons why. Um, it's the same reason I look at when Kevin Durant wanted to go to the uh, Warriors. Uh, it's the same reason I go look at Vince Cousin. I go to his house, Trace McGrady, all the time. And I look at his body. and I'm like, You know, you go so many years carrying a team, uh, and people don't understand the wear and tear on your body and mentally the drain it had. And so when we lost Vince that year, I understood, even though for me, I was, it was crushing me because I'm like, wow, I wanted to be in the backcourt with him. Um, I thought we had a chance to be uh, uh, at least a solid playoff team. I know for sure with Vince, we'd be a, a, a playoff team. Um, but, you know, things happen. But like I said, I had a chance to um, I had a chance to be around him. I had a chance to play with him. And like I said, it was a fantasy and dream of mine to throw some love, throw some pass, which I've, I've had to do. Um, and it, it, was, it was phenomenal. What was the highlight of your NBA career? And what was the highlight of your streetball career? I'll go to the latter first. The highlight of my streetball career was the whole entire journey. Uh, the whole entire journey because I'm around people who've watched me come up and grow up. Uh, they watch me be immature. They watch me mature. Um, I'm around people that when I was struggling, attending class, just keep instilling in me, you got to turn around. You got to do the right thing. Um, so the streetball actually paved the way for my perseverance um, because I went the long route. So I did the streetball. I was ineligible most of my high school career, um, pretty much after my sophomore year. Because my sophomore year of high school, I averaged put up 25 points per game as a sophomore, as a 14-year-old kid um, playing against varsity. So I was tearing these guys up. <laughs> but um, it paved the way for my perseverance. You know what I'm saying? So. And that's why I ended up going to junior college. I ended up going to Fresno State. And I, um, I played three years in, in Milwaukee. Then no team picked me up. I went to the G League for a week. The Toronto picked me up. Um, they didn't bring me back. I thought they would bring me back to be Alvin Williams' backup, at least a full-time backup. I was looking forward to that. But I ended up signing a one-year deal with Miami. Um, I end up coming back to Toronto on a six-year deal. So when I think about my NBA, the highlight, obviously, to be able to take care of your family for the rest of your life would be the six-year deal with Toronto because <laughs> that was my only big deal, my last deal in the NBA. Um, but I had so many highlights in the NBA. Like I, I've been fortunate to be around. There's a chance I might have played with some of the, the probably if not the most Hall of Famous in my career. Like Vince wow. McGrady, Yao Ming, uh, Ray Allen. Ray. Um, I could I probably got some more that I probably haven't mentioned, but 
I've had luxury, and I've been in some good cities. I've been in some great situations. I've been on a team that won 22 in a row, which was unheard of until the Miami Heat with LeBron, the big three, they end up doing something phenomenal. But before that, winning 22 in a row was huge. Um, I had a stretch in my career where I set a record in Miami when they said I couldn't shoot. I set a record for the most consecutive games with a three-point shot. Uh, um... I hit over a hundred plus threes one year in Toronto when people would back off me. I've had so many highlights. I hit a game winner in Miami over Sean Bradley that sticks with me um, every day. It sticks with me. Like who would ever think about it? that's something you dream about in the park or the playground? You count down five, four, three, one. You just let. And I actually lived that moment. I had a chance to play with a guy that lived in my neighborhood who is like a little brother to me. He was on the same team, Miami, Lamar Odom. So there's so many highlights I've had in the, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think the ultimate highlight in the NBA, what obviously Vince would attest to is, I played in the NBA Finals with the Orlando Magic, and I couldn't trade that in for nothing in the world. It was an unbelievable um, accomplishment. It was phenomenal to see a city, to me, go from a kind of a Mickey Mouse in golf town to a city that, I could pull up to the gas station. It's like, Mr. Austin, just fill your car up and go. And it's like, <laughs> wow. I was like, hey, you know, um, I couldn't even, I mean, like I said, I couldn't even get enough of the city. I couldn't get enough of the city at the time that some nights it was hard for me to uh, go to sleep because mm-hmm. I had to soak it all in what was what I was a part of. And there were some nights that uh, I'll share with you guys. With some of it. I think Vince might have been in town one night. But I'll say one, one night, we have a big game, the finals the next day. I just went out. I just went out and party, and I'm like, and people looking at me in the party like, you have a game? I'm like, listen, I couldn't, it was just, I wanted to be around the people because it was just an amazing accomplishment to get to the, to be the last two teams standing uh, in the world. You know, people in other countries were watching, people all over mm-hmm. watching, and uh, and I had a, a big respect for the city of Orlando. Um, like, till this day, I go back and forth there. I think I'm due back there in August, so um to me, that's one of the greatest comments I have a chance. And to play against, you know, may you rest in peace, to play against probably arguably one of the greatest players ever, uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, I had a chance to see why these guys are so good, you know. Um, yeah. I played against Vince. Like I said, I had a chance to watch him um, score a lot when I was in Milwaukee and didn't get a chance to play with these guys. Like, oh, these guys are phenomenal basketball players because they have to face – the double team, they have to face uh, scouting and coaching that's geared to stop them every single night, but yet they still find a way to come away with 25 and 30 points. I watched uh, Kobe Bryant, that shoot around and everything, the whole board in the locker room is to stop him on every play on that board, and he still found a way to score 35 and 40, and it's just, you you, you tip your hat and respect these, peop- these men that uh, play on that level. And the way you described that there was nothing else but basketball. Like, I never even, I went to Stanford to play basketball. I never even considered football until I went to college. The only thing I knew was basketball. Like you said, I remember when we played, when the boys team from Christ the King came to play at Malloy, it was Omar Cook's birthday. And he dropped like 40 on us on his birthday. And then all the Christ the King kids sang happy birthday to him. Um, in our court and it was, and it was just legendary. And so I, I, it's not like I see Omar cook around, 
or even know him that well personally. But when I saw it come up on Twitter and then I saw him at Summer League this summer in Vegas, the, the wealth of emotion you have, the respect you have because you know what it took to come up in New York and what those days was like, you know, just the energy of the court, the street, high school, New York City, then breaking out into college. And then for the few like yourself who, who found successful careers in the NBA, um, it's an era. It absolutely is an era. And so listening to you wax poetic about it was, was really special today. Thank you so much, Rafer. Like it was good to hear from you. <laughs> Thank you. Always a pleasure, my guy. <laughs>